Hey adventurers, welcome to the No Ordinary Adventure Podcast, a place we call home for adventure and the conversations you want to have. We bring you inspiration, stories from the field, and talk with adventure travelers and industry experts from around the world. This is a place to fill your heart and head with travel knowledge. Now your host, Dan Blanchard, a lifelong mariner, traveler, and CEO of Uncruise Adventures, a small boat adventure company defining the un in Uncruise. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Blanchard, and I would say Captain Dan Blanchard, welcoming you back to a wonderful time with No Ordinary Adventure. And today is really special for me because there are a group of past guests that have been sailing with us for a long time, one couple since 1997, if you can believe that. And that is, I think, the the love of connection speaks really loudly at Uncruise. And we're just happy to have these folks on with us today. I think, uh, you know, as we're looking at this period in time, uh, in late February 2021, we're finally starting to see a real lift uh, out of the pandemic, uh, where we can start to see forward. And so this is an interesting time. And I might just add for my guests that are both listening and that are here sharing this experience with me uh, in a moment, that this could well be one of the most historic times any of us make statements (laughs) on a video to the public in our entire lives. And it'll be fun. Maybe maybe we'll get back together in like five years and play this bit between us. We'll play this whole tape again and just kind of come back in five years What was it like in February of 2021? What's it like in February of 2026? Wouldn't that be a riot? Um, But anyway, I I have this really what I would consider an esteemed group of people that are going to share and talk about Uncruise Adventures, what it meant to them when they sailed, and maybe even what it might mean in the future as we all look ahead towards a, a new and brighter day. So with that, I'm going to ask our guests to share stories. We have uh, this great group, and I, uh, I'm going to work right off my screen. And, and first ask, uh, first question I'll ask you is, uh, and maybe Holly, I'll start with you if I could. Holly, um, you and I met many years ago on board. We, either, we were just talking about the Wilderness Discoverer or the Wilderness Explorer, but I had actually talked to you before that trip, and I remember being so excited to meet this woman named Holly, and I did. But Holly, share your, your story in connection to Uncruise Adventures. What, how did that all go for you? How did you even find us? How did I find you? The irony was that I found you in 2010 because, uh, no, 2011, because I was, I had a deposit down on that company and they went under and Tammy Harden, my travel agent said, Hey, now look at this new bunch called inner sea discoveries there. I've already been on their boat and they're launching and maybe you should try them instead. So we moved, we booked me on, actually, it was the maiden voyage out of Juneau for the Wilderness Discoverer. And so everybody was brand new. We were kind of inventing things as we went along. Some things, it's been great to watch them evolve over the years because some of those first ideas didn't work too well, but it was great. So there I was in Juneau meeting people and getting on the Wilderness Discoverer for the maiden voyage. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, you've made a number of trips since then, yeah? Oh, I try to do one every year. Uh, last year kind of screwed things up, but this will, um, I've been to, uh, with you guys in Alaska eight times. Wow. That's, that's terrific. I mean, that is almost once a year. Yes. And of course, that was when we brought the wilderness discoverer on, that was the, the start of our green hulls, which were our more expedition type boats. And back then we had the American Safari brand and, uh, and eventually we brought them all together. But so do you have a, when you, when you think back, wow, eight trips, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for supporting all of us at on cruise headquarters. What's your most memorable thought or memory that you have from trips with us? Absolutely. My most memorable was on my fourth trip, which was, no, my third trip was in 2013 with Captain Mars. And we finally saw bubble net feeding and I have lived for that. And the day that up came the humpbacks and I was on the, I was on the, outer area right in front of the bridge. And I turned around and Mars has given me the thumbs up. And I was like, yes, we finally got bubble net feeding. That is definitely uh, the most memorable. Oh, that, that is. And, and, you know, bubble net feeding is, is such an amazing thing to see, but it is so, you know, you just have to be there at the right time. Total I mean, chance. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, that's late July and August, but we've also seen it in May and, uh, it just depends, but sometimes heaviest in August. I, I really appreciate that comment, you know, about the, the opportunity to see that. Of course, Mars is a dear friend of mine and uh, just loved the years she was running as captain with us. Well, thank you for that. And uh, hopefully yeah. we'll get out sailing soon here, huh? Can't wait. And well, yeah, because you're signed up for the summer, aren't you? I'm doing Pacific Northwest in May. Yeah, aboard the Safari Quest. My first time on her. Well, she's, uh, you know, the Spark Quest is uh, part of our lineage. She came on in 1999. Uh, is one of our, our, our kind of heritage vessels for sure. Well, thanks, Holly. Moving along, we've got uh, a guy, uh, Chuck and Joe. Joe can't be with us today. But uh, Chuck came on in sometime around 2010 or so um, for a trip. But Chuck... Uh, Tell us about yourself and how in the heck did you ever find Uncruise Adventures? Well, that's quite a story. I, uh, uh, I'm a retired uh, executive from a high-tech company here in Madison. And my wife told me uh, at my 65th birthday that she would take me any place in the world I wanted to go. And I like to hunt and fish. I don't think Jonah's ever seen the inside of a tent. So I knew that that wasn't going to work if we were going to go together. And I just started surfing and I found uh, Uncruise uh, on the internet. Uh, did a little exploring. Uh, you saw the, the difference between the green hull and the uh, blue hulls and decided we would do a, a blue hole trip. And it was to Alaska on the Safari Explorer. Holly, we were very lucky because we got to see bubble net feeding that very first time. It was with Captain wow. Mike Bennett at hey, the time. Hold the sh sh you're not supposed to say that, Chuck. <laughs> I mean, Holly is going to be, she took her like, it took her like seven trips to make that happen. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, we had such Holly, a Holly, you can sock him. Time. Sock him. Just send him a punch. <laughs> 
we had such a great time, such a wonderful time that we immediately booked a trip to Mexico. So that was our our second trip. And then it was shortly after that that uh, I wrote you a very long, detailed email uh, to which you never responded, but apparently it it struck a chord somewhere because eventually your marketing department got in touch with me. Yeah, that that's true. I do remember passing on along, and and we were getting sharing ideas, and some of your own background uh, came through, and that was wonderful. So, what uh, what would you say was you know your between the two of you, or maybe just you, that what was the thing that just is sticking in your brain after all these years? When you asked me to do this, I made a, a, a long list of, of memorable things. And there, there are so many that I could go on for hours. Seriously, bubble net feeding is certainly at the top of the list. And I just happened to think of another one because of that young lady over your right shoulder, the picture uh, I was out with her, uh, she's an expedition leader, and I was out with her and we got to see low-down goats. Oh. I, had never, I had never heard of low-down goats before, but uh, according to the story she said, whenever the, the, uh, the mountain goats come down to feed and they want to let people know the, the boats, they alert them by saying, hey, everybody, we've got low-down goats at thus and such uh, glacier. And whatever and and uh, we got to sit and watch them for a good hour or more. You know, I'd ha- I'd have to rank right up there is making lifelong friends, uh, including one uh, Arthur Smith, who is from Perth, Australia, and we met. Uh, I believe it was in that uh, this, that second trip in in Mexico, and have become lifelong friends. I mean, we will be friends. For the rest of our lives, and he, you know, that's certainly outstanding. Meeting Don Morford has to rank right up there. I mean, once you've met Don Morford, you can you can pretty much call it quits after that. Well, thank thankfully he's out taking care of his car, and his wife's here because that would just elevate his ego beyond uh, comparison. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to fit him in on the screen. Well, that's awesome, Chuck. Those are great memories. And I, I think the, the personal connections that we have are just as important as the, I mean, I don't know, maybe the, maybe whales actually lunge feeding and uh, that kind of thing is right up there with it, but it's, it's a key. But before you switch on, I do have one word of advice for any uh, people who have not gone uh, on Uncruise before. This comes from my wife and our experience in Hawaii. And she says, whenever you see uh, a request for sizes from Uncruise, give them your actual size. Do not give them your goal size, your, <laughs> uh, which she did and spent about three hours trying to get into a wetsuit to go view the uh, manta rays <laughs> off of the coast of the Big Island. Well, we'll take that to heart. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to start in- Including, really, folks, your real size. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm, I'm going to carry on and chat with Lynn, but, uh, you know, uh, Holly, if you and, you know, need to kind of duke it out with Chuck here, you guys can just, you know, uh, well, you can do it visually, okay? I understand, you know, it, like I say, it's always chance if you see them at all. Now, and I also have to agree on the, the first trip I made dear friends and I traveled with them five years later and I'm still in touch with them today. And I agree on making friends. 
I, I agree. And speaking of friends who uh, are near our office, uh, we're going to move to Lynn. And, you know, speaking of, you know, how your connection worked, how did, how did you ever find us? I mean, you're kind of a local to the company, but my guess is that's not how you found us. No, um, I was, uh, had some uncertain health issues and it could have gone another way. Obviously it worked out well for me, but in facing that, I decided to, you know, what do I want to see most? I want to see Alaska. So I looked at REI's travel site and they had something called Western Coves. So then I, I searched for Western Coves and called a couple of people and nobody replied to me. And I got a hold of Astrid. And she said, I can help you. You have come <laughs> to the right place. And it was Intersea Discoveries and she booked us on that summer so she said i have the following availability we are both mostly booked but we have this availability and we we got it in june um or july uh i work for nordstrom in the it department and i left the day after the annual sale started so that tells you how dedicated i was to seeing alaska we have so many fond memories but i have to tell you first of all i am so jealous the one thing we haven't seen is bullfeeding. Oh, I will have to book three cruises in, in August to see if we can see it. Um, you have to keep trying. <laughs> um, I have two memories I'd like to share, both that I think show the difference between uncruise and other cruise lines. And the first is we were in. Uh, up in Alaska in a small bay. We, it was very foggy. We spent the morning kayaking with a guide named Sarah um, and had a delightful time. And you could hear whales, but we couldn't see them. We came back, had lunch, and we were headed towards a whale research station. And we were picking up two people who were going to come on board and be our evening presentation. When right after lunch, the captain stopped the the boat and said everybody out on deck we are surrounded by whales it didn't matter whether you were in the front or the back or the side there were you could see whales everywhere you could see picket fences and and um, breaching and tail slaps and you could just see everything except for bubble tv and we were there for probably close to two hours when he said, we, we have a lot of distance to cover to pick these people up. We need to get going. And I can't think of very many cruise lines in the world that would deviate from their schedule that way to let us have that, that time. You're giving me goosebumps. And <laughs> the other one was we were in the Sea of Cortez on the maiden season of the Voyager. And if you remember, that boat wasn't quite ready for prime time at that point. And we had, problems. Yeah. we had engine problems and had to, you know, make our way until a pause and the engine was going to take a day. So Uncruise took us somewhere else. Well, it's now Friday night and we're, we're headed back to, um, I think it was a little pause at that time. It's getting ready for captain's dinner when a super pod of dolphins, a huge number, more dolphins than I have ever seen, started to play with a boat. And at that time, there were two captains. And um, 
I think from Ecuador or wherever the, it was uh, licensed under and the uncruise captain. One of the captains wanted to continue on so we can have dinner on time and we can make the pause in, in good light and, and whatnot. And the other captain said, no, we're turning around. We're going to play with this pod. And we did. We turned around and we played with that pod for probably 45 minutes until the sunset. They delayed dinner. It was remarkable to see that many dolphins. It was incredible. Yeah. And that, again, is the difference because I can't think of another company that would have done that. Well, you know, it's uh, in, you know, through my history, I can say that, you know, when I, everything kind of has to fit the litmus test of what Alaska does, you know, in other words, have a certain amount of wildness and freedom and, and it's experiences like that in Mexico. I mean, you know, there, it's not uncommon to find three or 400 dolphins. Uh, now it sounds like you were in a, maybe a, like you say, a super pot of a thousand or more. Correct. This doesn't happen as often, but I mean, it is a spectacle. And uh, again, you think about how smart those animals are and wow. And that they're, they've decided not only to stop their movement or move to a new place, they're actually playing with the boat. Uh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know yeah, what's yeah. fun about this, uh, Dan, what's fun about this getting together with other guests is I find myself uh, saying to myself, Oh yeah, well I, <laughs> you know, because there's there's uh, all of a sudden memories were coming back about things that we we were in a super pod once too, and and saw gray whales. Uh, we were up in the um, Pacific Northwest, and a uh, a pod of orcas got a seal and they were teaching the their one of the youngsters okay. in the pod yeah. to hunt and they were tossing it back and forth and here comes a humpback gets between the seal and the uh the orchids and it was amazing to watch that yeah you know that was actually we sent that information to the university of washington to noah because it was such a rare sighting to see a baleen whale come in. And it was obvious that they were intervening from the videos I saw. The, this, this whale was intervening and uh, in keeping that uh, uh, orca away from the seal. Uh, wow. I mean, that's just I didn't, amazing. I didn't realize actually, it was a gray whale, unusual. not a, a humpback, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't okay, realize it was Chuck, that unusual. Chuck, you're you're gonna have to just shut it. You're just okay. you're just. I mean, you're taking the cake. I'm joking. <laughs> we we all love the, but I had, but that is was truly one of the most amazing experiences we've ever recorded. Uh, that and I think just super rare in nature. Uh, well, let's let's bring on. Uh, let we can throw a few questions over to Don. Uh, looks like we we may have lost Marilyn there, but uh, Don, I'm really curious. You know, you you mentioned the uh, golden mystique, and uh, and I will just say, back in those days, this uh, for all of you listening, uh, we were American Safari Cruises, and we had just started out, and we we leased a boat the first year because we were trying to prove the concept that a little twelve passenger boat we could eventually get a bunch of these and 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 make a, a go of it well later we learned that the economies of scale just didn't work but don tell us about i'm just curious because 
I remember the captain going out and actually going in the water once. Do you remember that? Uh, were you on that trip? I was. Uh, Chuck, this is important. It taught me there is a God because I remember praying we wouldn't sink. I mean, it was an interesting trip. But yes, he did go. We went to a little tiny bay, if you'll recall. I don't know if you were on board or not, Dan, but it was a, a little village that actually a fish hatchery that was closed. And he went in there with his bow and we sort of went up against the, and we got stuck and he did go off the bow, et cetera. That was, that was an amazing trip though, because we learned a great deal, but Chuck, like you, there's so many memories, Dan, you and I go back way too far. Uh, just been incredible, incredible journey. I think for both of both of us, one of the things that some of you may have done. And uh, I think uh, one of you mentioned uh, Costa Rica and and or Sea of Sea of Cortez. On the Sea of Cortez, we took our whole family. Remember this, Dan? Oh, yeah. A few years ago. I was on with you on that trip. Yeah. That's right. And our three kids and our fian his fiance, our son's fiance, and uh went at Christmas, had an incredible trip. But the highlight was the captain, and it was a woman, I can't remember Dan, she was great. But we ended up finding a, a rock, a huge mound, full of sea lions, and she couldn't drop the hook. No that place to go, by the way. Yeah. So we just we just floated. And all the young ones, those under 80, who were getting on wetsuits to go swim with the sea lions. And my daughters came up to me and said, who I think were about 50, and said, Dad, aren't you going to swim the sea lions? And I said, No, I you know, me? No, 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 not no way. So after I got my wetsuit on and got in the water, <laughs> I had a and I had a, a crew on each side of me and a daughter in front and behind me, and my son coaching. So I was well protected, got in, swam with the sea lions. Chuck, I don't know if you ever did this or not, but we were warned to keep our hands by our sides, use our fins, we had a mask and a wetsuit so we could float in a life preserver. And I just sort of floated along. Well, all of a sudden you feel these little nips, and these are the babies who weigh about 300 pounds, you know, nipping at your wetsuit, because they are playful. That's why you kept your hands to your sides. I've never had, and I swim all the time, an experience like that. I'll never forget it. And then we had Christmas on board. We each brought a stocking with us full of little trinkets. Dan joined us. We had one of the big staterooms, 10 feet by 10 feet in that with the entire family, uh, six and seven of us counting Dan. And it was an incredible trip. Marilyn's not here. She'll be back. But one more mention. Dan, do you remember her 70th birthday, Marilyn's? Yes. We were in St. Petersburg. Yeah, uh, Petersburg. Yeah, party Petersburg, and it was uh, the Fourth of July. Because Maryland's West, or no, it was yeah. the Safari Spirit. The Spirit. They have a Maryland's a Fourth of July baby, so we went in for their parade, uh, and it, Petersburg. It's amazing. I mean, the whole town turned out, and we met people. And never would have done that. You know, no, nobody said yet about the comparison between a large cruise line and uncruise. We have sailed on large crew lines and they're fine. They, they serve their purpose and I'm not gonna demean them. However, experience wise, there's absolutely no comparison. You meet a few people on the big ship, you might dine with them, but on the uncruise, you meet everybody, not only everybody, but you meet the crew. And to me, the defining difference with uncruise of everything else is the crew. I don't know how Dan does it. I do sort of know it's his own personality. He's amazing and he, he attracts and they manage in his image and I've never had any 
very unpleasant on that crew. Just, just incredible. And we've remained friends with many of them. So if I had to draw a differential, I'd say the people you meet, we all agreed with that, and, and the crew, they make a difference. You certainly have very trained professionals on the large ships. And these kids are trained professionals, but there's a warmth and camaraderie about them and a desire to learn and mix that's unsurpassed. Uh, certainly we've been on, I think Maryland figured 27 times, something like that over the years. We've never had a bad trip. One interesting one, I'll quit Dan, was when we were coming back from Juneau, remember that one? Dan was on board and this was a yeah, sort of a tragedy, but, but yeah. shows you how, how good the crew is. I suddenly had some internal bleeding. We were on our way home and they had me down in a room, intravenously uh, uh, kept hydrated with fluids, the captain, and they put the pedal to the metal to get me as quickly as they could to Juno. I had no pain, but I was bleeding quite badly. Uh, they got me down there. They dropped me. I don't know where it was, Dan. At the, so we didn't get Ock into Juno, but it was. Ock Bay. Ock Bay, that's right. And I was met by a fire engine. This is a full hook and ladder. And I thought, ye gods, that's their 911. So anyway, they took me down, got me to the hospital. Fast forward, I got well, but I was so impressed with the crew. And I was scared, even though I had no pain. And it worked out, as, as your case did, it worked out nicely. And, and we survived to tell the tale later. But, you know, when you talk about uncrews, it's almost like family. And that's, that's rare, I think. With Tim, you get off that ship, you know everybody. You've all mentioned lifelong friends. There's about four couples we have met over the years that we, including you, certainly you and Joe, Chuck, we, we love you guys, and we've got a lot more we do. So our cruising hopefully has just begun. We want to do many more. That's, that's an awesome story, and uh, thanks for sharing that, Don. I, you bet. As time's gone by, I, I, we've probably sailed out of those 27 trips, I think, maybe three or four times together. And yeah, uh, I, will, I will add a caveat, though, that my son and daughter did win major, major awards when they were babies. And I lived in Petersburg at that Fourth of July parade. I think it was the floating ducks going down the street from the fire hose that they they won that one every year, it seemed like. So anyway, yeah. wonderful yeah. Southeast Alaska stories. What um, they did in that, they, they ran a fire hose down a little hill and you bet on floating ducks that came down with the water up from the hill and people are cheering and they've got their, it was amazing. That was a fun. And the ladder truck over the top with people on the ladder. Right? <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's so good. Well, I, I'd be really curious to see, you know, we, we've all been in this pandemic for a year now. I know I was uh, in Antarctica researching trips uh, this time last year and and came back and we the very next day we ended up with uh, Safari Voyager getting turned around going from Costa Rica to Panama. Four days later, the Safari Endeavor was shut down in Mexico abruptly, all based on COVID. And, you know, obviously all of our lives, whether it's me at Uncruise or you and your own lives have been affected by the pandemic. But I'm, I'm really curious, and this might be the important statements we'll remember when we do this in five years. What, you know, as we're starting, we're, we're seeing the, the virus being distributed. We're getting just today or tomorrow, we're going to hear about the Johnson & Johnson being fully approved. People are starting to talk about, you know, vaccine travel and this kind of thing that, that may be down the road here. In three or four months, there may be a vaccine requirement for certain types of travel. All these things are out there in the marketplace, and it's ever-changing right now. But I, I'm just curious, and, and anybody jump in as you please. 
how are you feeling about the future of travel right now? I mean, or how, and then maybe how are you seeing this execute in your own mind, your, your fears, your hopes? I mean, I imagine we're all just dying to get out, but I'll just open that up and anybody can jump in as they please. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess I'll start. I live in Wisconsin and it has been a very, very long cold winter under best of circumstances. And you put on top of that, uh, the COVID restrictions that we're all under. I got my first shot yesterday. And I think the travel industry is going to explode because there are a lot of people in this uh, latitude that are, are just so anxious to get out and do something. I think things are going to change a lot. You know, COVID has made some changes in, in our society and the way we conduct business and so on. But I, I know that Joan and Cable and I, we continually, when we get in and Zoom and talk, that, uh, uh, talk to each other, we talk about, let's book an uncruise as soon as we can. Let's get on a boat and go to Alaska as soon as we and, can. Uh, Chuck, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just want to like it really clear. I am okay with that. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm I'm looking forward to most, and I I think uh, I think yeah. the, the travel industry is going to explode. So Chuck, I would I would second that with one little caveat. I think that that our people that go on on cruise, people that go on cruise, I think are a, a cut above, different breed, and that is that they like adventure. So people that are interested in cruising with us and our past cruisers, I think, are are going to be even more anxious, Chuck, to get out and do something besides just get on a 2000 passenger cruise ship and sit and eat. So I would believe from our standpoint, uh, I always look at the, the glass half full. I think it's a real blessing for the future. Obviously, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen in the next few months. But long term, meaning within six months, whatever, I got to believe it's going to be lights out. because. The friends I've got are like us. They like to travel. They like adventure. They don't want to just sit on a major ship and sit there. Besides that, we go into places that big ships can't go. And when the big ships are full again, they're going to go into places and they're just going to overrun them. What I love about Uncruise, we go into little ports. They welcome us and we feel welcomed. And it's a whole different experience. So I believe our glass is not only half full, but it's filling rapidly. Yeah. The big question I have is whether uh, Marilyn's going to go with you. She's right here now. Be careful. I can't. <laughs> I can see her. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Chuck. You could guess that. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. She'll be there, Chuck. Where are we going this time? Wherever we can. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're, booked, we're booked on Alaska again. So with whenever she sails. We got our second shot last night, Chuck. So we're ready to go. In about two weeks, we'll be fully covered, I hope. That's grand. That's grand. Well, it is a time where vaccinations are happening and it's it's all moving along very rapidly. But uh, others, how are you feeling about travel and the thought of moving forward out of this mess or maybe just holding steady? This is the first year in uh, since 2013 that I have not taken a winter cruise on Uncruise and I have missed it so much. We were lucky. We were on the last completed Panama to Costa Rica last year. So we got off and then it got started and then it got called back. So um, we're really lucky we got to complete it. It was a tremendous cruise. I, we're getting our second shots on Sunday. 
But I'm still a little nervous. We're booked for Belize. And I keep thinking, maybe we'll do the Pacific Northwest. But I really want to do the new Pacific Northwest itinerary, which is coming out, I think, next fall. Yes. But see, then I've got Belize. I I want to go back to Glacier Bay. Oh, <laughs> I want to go to Hawaii. Oh, oh gosh. It's been a while. But I am a little oh. nervous, not so much on the people, not from the time I got on the boat. That doesn't bother me. It's the going through the airports and getting to the boat that concerns me more. Understandable. A lot of people certainly, I mean, that's uh, the boat. We have our own little bubble and with everybody being tested before they get on the boat. And that'll be true, you know, even later on, as long as the, the pandemic is around, even at high vaccination rates. Uh, you know, those are just uh, certainly challenges. And I, I get it, Lynn. Although I will tell you, Belize is going to blow your socks off. <laughs> <laughs> when that time comes. But you know what? We'll be down there for a long time. We're not going to be getting out of Belize anytime soon. I'm ready to go. I, I think we're all in the age group that we're able to get our vaccines, which which helps a lot. And I'll get my mm-hmm. second one next month. And But I also have friends in the age 40 to 50 category who are just drooling to start traveling. And I, I don't like to flaunt that I've got my first shot. And, and I am glad that we'll be vaccinated, but I'm also aware, Dan, you sent that email, was it this morning, yesterday, talking about updating us on all the procedures. And I'm trying to picture wearing a mask, fogging up my glasses and trying to see through the um, viewfinder on my camera. This is going to work, but it is going to take some modifications, but I'll take all the modifications necessary. I just want to get out there again. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know what we'll be doing, and that's a really good point, Holly. You know, we're we're mandated now by the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, anytime you're uh, not socially distanced, to have a mask. But we're 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 working on a lot of plans. We're going to bring on extra uh, expedition staff so that we can try to keep more boats out and therefore socially distance on the boats, particularly for when we know we have, you know, those early morning times that tend to be really good for, for birding and photography and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't see the mask mandate departing for a while. Um, uh, and that'll be true with the airlines as well, but yeah, good, good points, really good points. I also, I feel really comfortable with Alaska airlines. Lynn, you said you were concerned. I, I snuck up to Alaska two times last summer anyway, and uh, people on Alaska Airlines were so conscientious about keeping, you you couldn't get on the plane without being handed a hand wipe, and they kept you separated. Anybody took off their mask, they came around and told them to put it back on. I feel really good with Alaska Airlines. I don't know internationally yet how I would feel, but it just seems like we're all focused on the same thing. Yeah, I, I have to back that up. Of course, I just flew down last night from Juneau, and uh, it, uh, they're calling it really well. And a, a guy next to me uh, had his mask off beyond his mealtime, and they just said, sir, you need to have that mask up. And uh, I mean, they did it in an appropriate manner, but it is nice to see that. But, the, you know, what's really odd is Alaska Airlines, I think, does 
a top job. And I don't know if you've seen their safety video, but it's just hilarious. And uh, if you haven't, y'all ought to get on YouTube and watch it. It is a fun one. Yeah, it does. It does grab your attention. So <laughs> do the dance, do the safety dance or something like that. Yeah. I share share Lynn's, uh, you know, where I found uh, right now anywhere, the biggest challenges aren't necessarily the air, airplane itself, because I feel like Alaska is doing a great job. It, it's just the nature of the airport that is, you know, that's where I'm a lot more conservative and I even double mask and this kind of thing when I'm going through the airport. But, uh, well, you know, this is, uh, this is a lot of good stuff you've all shared, but maybe Maybe I'll share with you an update from Uncruz and uh, you guys, you will hear it first. <laughs> you know, this is the, the whole COVID stuff is changing all the time, literally. And so it, it's been really um, interesting as we, we've been looking at our COVID policy and, and in the letter that Holly referenced earlier, you know, I, I basically said emphatically asking people to get because there are uh, folks that don't believe in the vaccine, but we know to be safe that we have to be able to vaccinate. And uh, and some really good news I'll share with you on January 27th, the federal government signed on to an, um, an international maritime organization accord that allows us to get our crew members vaccinated as essential workers about the same level that uh, grocery store clerks and uh, which which means it's coming up very soon. So even a 27-year-old crew member is going to be able to get vaccinated here soon. Oh, great. And, and that's really where, you know, there's the risk that we all take in travel, right? But as we get more people vaccinated, and of course the crew is on the boat for a long period of time. So my responsibility is not only to you as guests, but I'll have to watch out for my crew members that are exposed potentially for quite a bit of time. So that is really good news. And uh, of course, we've seen the rollout go quite well. But I, I have to say, if you all were sitting here at Uncruise Central, you would be shocked at how busy it is. I mean, we have a lot of our staff are working remotely. Uh, we've gone from four full-time employees when uh, in September, October, November, plus my fiance, Megan, uh, who worked volunteer, my kids were volunteering, my 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 uh, uh, longtime engineer and boyfriend of my my daughter, who's one of our captains, volunteered. I mean, this is a family effort, right? Because we had to get through these this really tough time before stimulus was ignited and all this kind of thing. But I'm happy to say that that hump is over and we've brought back a lot of our staff. So right now in the office, we have... Uh, just under uh, about 27 people that are on the phones and at home and here in the office. And last week, we brought a lot of our maritime staff back as they're getting ready to, to get going on the boats. And those of you who sailed on the Safari Explorer, she's actually moving over today from Fisherman's Terminal over to the shipyard for haul out on Monday. And these are the things that, you know, talk about, you know, a rising tide lifting all ships. This is a big, big move for us as a company. And so, but we're also reorganizing. And so you, you, you all will love this because you know our crew, right? Well, what we're doing is, um, and this is maybe too much detail, but you know me and you love me and I love you. And I'm just so happy to share this kind of information with you. We're taking, and, and we used to have like 35 people 
in our marine operations area and, and human resources. And what we're doing is we're taking our vessel leadership team, which is like the captain, the hotel manager, the expedition leader, the engineer. And now what we have on board is a business vessel business officer, kind of like a purser. And those five people, um, the majority of them are going to be full-time, full-year employees where they used to be seasonal. And they're actually taking over the roles during the winter months of what our office folks used to do during the, the summer months. And you guys have all been long with us long enough. This was our pre-2014 business model. And we changed that uh, when we were thinking about other expansion and this kind of thing. So we're kind of going back to what worked. Uh, I like to always use the Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future, right? Uh, so this is really exciting stuff. And our crew, is they are so excited about it because, you know, it used to be a captain, if they weren't on a year-round boat or an expedition leader, they worked roughly five to six months a year. And then because of the way medical stuff works, you know, we would... And we, we couldn't provide insurance for them because there was a break in employment. And, and then, you know, there was more turnover. So we're just so excited to move to this decentralized model with people that have been with us in many cases for over a decade. Uh, and a couple, uh, my daughter, one of them, uh, I think she's celebrating her 16th year with the company. And she's, she's only 34, gang. <laughs> These are things that, that really excite me. And then uh, I'll just share one other. I just returned from Juneau, you know, it was snowing and we're consolidating in our office. I'm meeting with state officials and local officials about COVID approvals and how that plan is probably going to change again by mid to late March and, and all this kind of thing. But you know, the, the thing I, I, I love to share is that Alaska is always different. Always. Mm-hmm. Alaska beats to its own drummer. And you know that Alaska has the highest vaccination rate in the United States, which means in the world. And so this little tiny place in planet Earth, Alaska, small place population, big place land, is is leading the world in not only vaccinations right now, but compliance. So in Southeast Alaska, particularly, the compliance rate is very, very high. And, and so isn't it nice to think that for all of you, since you've all been to Alaska, that this place we've all cherished is also leading the charge out of this mess? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it just, that's cool. Just blows me away. And uh, they've just done a, a hell of a job on this. Not that it didn't come with the same problems we all have. But, you know, when I, when I think how we're going to get out of this storm, how we're going to weather all this, these are huge important factors. It's giving me more confidence and the fact, I'll go on and on here. You guys will have to eventually go, shut it up, Dan. Um, <laughs> but, the, but, but, you know, the other, the other things that are, that are just popping up is just the news. We, we used to sit there for the last year and say, we have to just grab onto any piece of positive news and make it we have to live by it or we won't survive this emotionally because, you know, going through all this is no easy chore. And uh, so we used to, you know, we'd get a little piece of news like, Hey, four people booked today. Wow. That was like October or maybe September. 
Um, but today we're, we're booking uh, many more than that, well over 100 a week, you know, from on cruises, a business model we need. So that that's really, you know, wonderful, wonderful news. And of course, I can't help but also, you've all heard about the Canada cruise band uh, ban on big ships. And, and I will say that's lit off our phones. And uh, because we're a U.S. flag company, U.S. built boats, with the exception of, well, even the Voyager was U.S. built, but uh, U.S. crewed with our U.S. flag vessels and such. Uh, we, you know, we're able to operate with with absolute freedom while the larger ships cannot. So, you know, I, I just want to say it's a it's a rising tide, and the news is getting better. Um, I'll try not to get emotional here. <laughs> Those of you who know me well, which is all of you know, I can uh, I, I can get a little teary eyed now and then when I'm sharing about Alaska. But uh, th- these are de- indeed unique days, and I'm just so happy that all of you have come on today, shared your stories, and and shared the love for Uncruise. It means a lot to me as uh, a human being <laughs> and an owner. <clears throat> okay, I made myself go into wet eyes. Sorry, but not. <laughs> Dan, this oh, is Dan. You're also looking a little pale, so you'd like to help you. <laughs> Marilyn and I are heading to Palm Desert Tuesday. We just shipped our car today. So if you want to come down and have this, you know, roast you medium rare, so you can come back to Alaska a little color, be, be sure to come on down. We'd love to have you. Uh, as long as we can have a little bit of the red fruit uh, in our drink. Always at my house. Always, yeah. always. You know, you bet. That's When Chuck comes, we buy a couple of cases. So, you know, we're ready. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, any last comments anybody has before we close out our time together today? Hey, Dan, I I would like to personally thank you because this company is a reflection of you. And it's because Mm -hmm. you care and you hire people who care that we all have such fantastic adventures. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, you make dreams come true. You make dreams come true for a lot of us. And uh, thank you very much. It's going to get back good to get back in the saddle again. Well, well you, all, you always reply. I email you and you always reply. <laughs> and so, you know, that's pretty amazing when you can email the CEO of a company and get him to give you a response to your questions. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you all got my email, so feel free to use it. And maybe I'll just close with one last comment, you know, uh, and, and I, I appreciate your wonderful comments about me and the company, but I, I, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a, a home of, uh, that was divided. One was very religious and one was agnostic. And, uh, but they both, you know, had great hope for their son. And my, the side that was very religious was my mother. And sometime at about 13, she had a vision that I was going to be in a position someday. <clears throat> Talking about mom here. Here come the tears. Oh, boy. Talking about mom here. Um, That I'd be in a position someday to affect people's lives and that it it would be for the betterment of everyone involved. And and she was quite sure I was going to be a preacher. And, uh, but you know what, that didn't work out. I actually, uh, I actually used to, when I was in my late teens and early twenties, I, I preached on the streets of Seattle thinking that was what my destiny was. I'm really glad that that didn't end up that way, but I, I'm happy to say that her vision happened 
and that uh, we're working together, all of us, to make life happier, to affect the environments we're in, and to to just send a message that you know we have a there's reason to have hope, there's reason to to move forward, and is that not the best message any of us can have? Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. Amen. Thank you, Dan. Somebody hold me accountable till in February of 26. We need to all get together and share a glass and play this recording. We will. We will. We're, going to do it in Belize. We're going to do it in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lynn, I think that answers your question. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, thank you so much for attending our podcast today. You know, as... An owner of a company who started 26 years ago, I couldn't help but reflect on one of our past guests, Don Morford and Marilyn, just about how they were on 27, oh, I guess it'd be 25 years ago when they actually sailed with us for the first time. And uh, that brings back a lot of great memories, things I had completely forgotten about. And I, I think that's one of the joys of being a small business owner like myself, like on Cruise Adventures, is living those memories and just relishing in them. And I can't help but reflect on just the camaraderie. I I was just overwhelmed with the thought of goodness. And uh, maybe it's because of all the challenges that have gone on during the pandemic. Maybe it's because I'm very much living in the memory of what Uncruise has been to these folks. But also, I just uh, I think there's just a human bond that I just love today with these people. So for Uncruise Adventures, and from me, Dan, and our entire crew, thanks for watching today. And we'll look forward to another great time here in the near future. Thanks for listening to No Ordinary Adventure, sharing locally harvested stories about adventure. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, and help spread the word. We are a community of nature lovers, intrepid travelers, and outdoor adventurers, mostly from the comfort of a small boat. And we want to spread our love of this fascinating planet. That's it for this episode. Now get outside. Get outside.